Hey friends, it's Kelsey Kemp, here to inspire and guide you as you answer the call. Tune in each week to hear me illuminate the biblical truth of what a calling actually is and how to find yours so you could create a career worthy of hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. You won't just be hearing from me though. Some of the most incredible and purposeful people I know will be joining me to tell you their story of how God called them into careers that honor who they were made to be. So their work is now creating generations of ripple effects for the glory of God. Y'all ready? Okay, let's go. You already know if you checked out this episode, but apparently you clicked on it anyway. So kudos for you. You will not regret a second of this. <clears throat> I'm choking because I've been talking for a while. And that's my point. This is a longer episode, but it covers so much in-depth topics and knowledge and wisdom that we need to be talking about these things. Um, so I could have broken this up into a bunch of tiny pieces, but and it, I did share so, so, so much that we all need to know, and that is outrageously helpful. I did not hear enough or any of some of these things whenever I was making really tough career decisions and wondering, like, is this in accordance with God's will? Is it not? I have no idea. I don't even know how to know. This episode will answer many of your questions, I think. So in this episode, we're going to be covering how to be in accordance with the Bible and rely on the Lord to make career decisions that are in accordance with His will for your life. And I'm talking the exact steps you need to take to make a thoughtful, godly, God, good, career-centered decision in alignment with your calling. There is also a lot of tough love, I just got to warn you, and just giving the unadulterated truth. And I really, I really want you to know that I'm saying everything in love and service as your sister in Christ, but also as a trained career coach that just like, honestly, I want to just blast away a ton of the lies that I see far and wide people are buying into. And it just makes me like, oh, we need to cut that out. So I have some of that energy in this episode, but um, I, I hope that you realize that this is in love and service. So we're also going to be talking about the things you need to know to get you on the road to finding your calling. I'm talking like the exact inputs, like your personal attributes, exactly what those are, and among other things that you need to be considering thoroughly in order to get on the road to finding your calling. I'm like spilling the tea, spilling the stuff. I talk to one-on-one clients about all this. So it also is, let me say, totally natural to be overwhelmed by all of the things that you need to know about and you need to think about and a lot of other things I talk about in this episode. And if you are, honestly, stop just... DIYing it forever if you really know that this is sending you into like black holes and whirlpools of thought that aren't helpful and you're just spinning your wheels in your career and you're like, dang, I just wish I had some confidence and clarity in what I'm doing, where I'm going, what I care about and how that translates into a career and how I make money and like support myself and make these incredibly tough life-changing decisions. I will encourage you to just go ahead and book a 
free, fun, no pressure, good stuff consultation with me this week, especially before Friday, this Friday, August 30th at 6 p.m. No, I think 5 p.m. is my cutoff. Yeah, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is whenever my promotion that I will never do again at this low of an investment, but I just wanted to open it up to everybody. All of my coaching packages, that means the intensive and the deep dive, are 40% off right now. I know, crazy. I can't even believe I'm doing it. Go to kelseykemp.com forward slash one-on-one coaching and you will find out more. And also, it's super fun. I love how I designed that webpage, just saying. Um, And apparently, y'all do too. Thank you so much for the feedback since I've launched the new site. But go learn more and go ahead and schedule a call. Apply for a free call with me, and it'll be fun. You will not regret it. Go ahead and do that right now, honestly, before you forget about it, because time is running out. Go ahead and do it so you don't regret missing out on the 40% off promo. Hope I don't sound like I'm working at Costco, giving you deals. I'm not meaning to cheapen things, only to give access to those who have genuine budgetary concerns, but truly do feel like they really want the help I provide. I wanted to open it up to everybody for this short amount of time. So anyways, back on track. Uh, What you will also find at the end of this episode is a checklist that I created. Because don't we all wonder like, oh my gosh, I just wish I could like really know and be more confident that this career decision, this career change I'm considering, it's in alignment with God's will. Like how many times are we just like, Lord, would you show me your will? As it turns out, we're actually called to have like, make those tough decisions and grow in discernment on our own and not just forfeit judgment um, and only pray, pray prayers like that. But you'll hear me go more into that on the episode. But anyways, I have actually hopefully made your dreams come true a little bit and created a checklist that I'll present at the end to help you evaluate if the career path you're considering actually is in alignment with God's will. And this is also, I put it all and created it into a free download that you could grab and go through in the show notes. So in the details of this episode, you could find it there. Um, So yeah, go ahead and grab that free download and uh, subscribe, share, leave a review. And don't forget about that 40% off one-on-one coaching packages going on right now now. You will not regret it. If you would like more confidence and clarity in what you're doing, where you're going with your career, and don't we all just wish that we were more firm on what our calling is and to feel some dang purpose in what we're doing for a great portion of our life, wouldn't that be nice? Go ahead, book a call with me, and I will talk to you soon. Enjoy this episode. Without exaggeration, hear this all the time when I'm talking to people um, anywhere I go, friends, family, people I just run into, people I talk to on Instagram, or as a result of my podcast, or anything. (laughs) And then I'll also hear friends talking about friends saying stuff like this. And what I'm talking about is I hear things like, well, 
first context. I hear this from people who are quite obviously dissatisfied with their career. You can see it written all over their face. They make no buts about it. They'll talk about how dissatisfied they are and how draining their career is on them with varying amounts of like putting on a brave face. Um, but I hear them say, well, asking the question, should I should I wait on God to show me where to go? Um, well, I'm just I'm just waiting on the Lord. I, I just I don't know what's right for me. And I I don't want to lean on my own understanding. And so I'm just waiting and praying and seeing what doors the Lord will open. And I'm not happy with my job, I'll say, but I'm just waiting on God to show me what his will is um, and what he wants me to do instead of this or what he wants me to do and if he wants me to stay. And under all of that, I think that the heart behind it is awesome. I I hope that we consult and honor God in all of our decisions, because that, as you've heard me say, is our first calling without a doubt, is to follow Jesus, answer the call to faith, and then bring all, every single aspect of our life in submission and in accordance with that faith as Jesus, as Lord of all of our lives. So the heart behind what they're saying, I see it and I honor that. But according to all that, I think that this might be one of the most impactful podcast recordings that I do outside of just encouraging you to seek and know Jesus. Because all of those statements or questions have underlying limiting beliefs and honestly a distorted biblical view or distorted biblical principles of what it actually means to be faithful with your career and how God expects us to handle these things. So today I'm going to be answering the question, should I wait for God to tell me what to do with my career or should I just go on with it? Oh gosh. And by the way, I the way I see people sticking on the viewpoint of, I just need to wait on hearing the Lord's will, um, how that plays out, how I see it all the time, is they'll, they'll stay in that job, getting more and more drained all the time, and developing, honestly, some kind of learned helplessness in some cases, preaching contentment, and this must be where the Lord has me, without realizing that God doesn't provide a career manual in the Bible, but He does admonish us to use logic, initiative, research, and diligence to maximize the fruits of our time, our resources, the talents He entrusted us with, spiritual gifts He gifted us with, the personality He created us with, the passions He instilled in our heart, and the spheres of influence we were placed in for His glory. We are called to maximize all of those things for the glory of God so that more may know Him and so that we spend our lives in humble service to the God that gave us life. And we can only do that if we obey His commandment. Well, I shouldn't say commandments. That has a very specific context. His instruction through the Word of God to 
apply, like I said, logic, initiative, research, and diligence to do those things. So be very careful, I'm just going to say up front, to create a theology in which you become, honestly, a victim to your career and what you believe you are or aren't capable of or that you should just sit back and relinquish responsibility to make hard decisions in the name of saying, well, I'm just praying that the Lord's will is done. And I'm going to get more into why I'm saying all that and back it up with um, with scripture, because I firmly believe in always backing up um, the encouragement and the teachings I'm trying to provide with scripture, because there is no other word, um, worthy basis um, that I think that we should be turning to. So my favorite, I've shared it before and I'll share it again because it is just so relevant to this kind of discussion is let's go into Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents. So here's the context. I insist you read both chapters 24 and all of 25 for context. If you have seen my rant on Instagram <laughs> uh, yesterday, oh, which what what was that? Thursday, August 22nd, whatever, who cares? But I'm going off on or went off on um, how important it is to read the unadulterated, pure word of God. Don't just rely on secondhand sources, hearing, um, don't let all of your spiritual input and teaching come from um, secondary sources like your church, although so important, I'm not diminishing that whatsoever. Or um, especially devotions that will feed you um, verse by verse, piece by piece, uh, and separate it all out. I, I I mean, if you actually Google, this is getting on a little tangent, but I just think it's worth saying because I think it is really disturbing to me um, that if you look up, oh, I, I need some encouragement on um, like, what what is a, a calling? Like, what does what does God want me to do with my life? I just did a fun little Google search of that and the top articles that popped up, they literally... Um, at least I would dare to estimate a quarter of the verses they posted. Well, I would say most of them were out of context. And then a quarter of them that I saw on the top articles were actually cut, paste, and manipulated. Um, dot, dot, dots added, semicolons where they are not in the original scripture to fit a point that the author wanted to make that the biblical author absolutely did not intend. So anyways, go into context. Back to Matthew Uh, 25, the parable of the talents. Yes, read both 24 and 25 for context. But I'm going to summarize right here if you're still with me after the little rant. I hope that you like the little rant. I don't know. I get a little little sassy sometimes. But okay, back to it, Kelsey. Uh, (laughs) So um, Jesus is at this point walking with his disciples and he is talking to them about his second coming and the end of the world, warning them. in, and this is a good little context verse, in chapter 24, verses 42 through 44, therefore keep watch because you do not know 
what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So this is the context he's talking to his disciples. Hey, the end is coming, and you are not going to know when it is. It's like thief in the night. You have no idea. Um, Because if I did tell you the exact time, you would kind of be putting on a show for me. You would make sure that you're all gussied up and ready. Or uh, in his example that uh, Jesus actually said, um, you, if you knew that the, uh, in the night, the time of night that the thief was coming, you would be keeping watch. But God is a judge of our hearts. And he asks us to be faithful with our whole life, not put on just a performance for him so we could get the coin and the token in the end. So anyways, that's the context. So then Jesus goes on to tell his disciples two parables to explain what it would be like and what we will be held accountable for when he comes. The second of these parables is the parable of the talents, um, or you know, depend. That's from the um, I think that's from the new King, New King James version that I grew up on. But uh, I think the NIV or New International version is like bags of gold or whatever. Or some say the parable of the servants. You get it. Oh, okay. Um, And this parable tells of a master who was going on a long journey, and before he went away, he divided uh, his wealth, and he gave it, uh, he divided it amongst his three servants for safekeeping and for stewarding. Well, you will see this. Um, To each of the servants, he actually gave different amounts of gold, as you'll read, according to their abilities. So a unique amount according to what he judged their abilities are. Um, And the servant who received the most of the gold to steward at once went and, quote, put his money to work and doubled the amount. And the one with the middle amount of gold did the same and also doubled his master's wealth allotted to them. So both of them, boom, boom, they both doubled it. That's awesome. But the servant who received the least he, quote, went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Does that sound familiar to a scenario in which you would hide away the talents entrusted to you in a job that doesn't honor them just for the sake of security and fear of losing anything in the pursuit of boldly using those talents and other resources I'll talk about um, in the service? of the Lord in faith. Does that sound familiar? Are like, are you convicted right now? Uh, Like search your heart in honesty. Are you convicted right now? Are you um, in your career in a position in which you have some kind of understanding of, you know, I really think that this is what I have to give. I really think that this is um, like the first fruits of what the Lord entrusted me with. I think that my true talent is um, like an ability, for example, to um, arrange things in a very aesthetically pleasing way. I think that my design thinking mindset is one of my greatest natural talents. And you know, I think that my spiritual gift is really 
evangelism. And I think that I have a passion on my heart to help design um, design things that would in some way support, um, I don't know, the abolition of modern slavery. That, that I just pulled that example out of nowhere. Um, but if you know those things and you know that your job is not, it, it's holding you back and you're just in it for the sake of security and not rocking the boat in your life. And you're like the servant that just went off and dug a hole in the ground and made sure nothing happened. Uh, nothing bad happened. You had nothing to fear. Um, and then I, you know, honestly hope that convicts. So um, let me get back on track. As for the lazy servant, I'm just going to read verses 24 through 30 verbatim because it's too good. So verses, verse 24 starting there. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master. And this is whenever the master has come back at an unexpected time, long time after he left on his journey. And so the master's back. Surprise, it's me. Do you see the relevance of the context that I set uh, this parable up with? And uh, now the um, the servant with the least amount of gold entrusted to him has to be, he's being held accountable. So the back to it, verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. See, I, I didn't I didn't mess it up. It, it's it's still intact. I knew that you're kind of harsh and like very shrewd, and I, I didn't I wanted to make sure not to mess it up. Um, but verse 26, his master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered, aka God is smart, resourceful, and strategizing, and we should be too. Verse 27, um, well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Like you could have at least done the minimum effort, dude, with the least risk while still being productive. So take the bag, this is in verse 28. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags, the one who was entrusted with the most. 29. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, um, I'm just going to say at this point, uh, I don't know if you're still listening, if you think that I was being harsh or this passage I was sharing is abrasive, this is just the truth, and I'm. I hope you can see I'm doing this in love, um, because I really want for 
every person, it is my hope and my ministry that I feel called to, to help people know God more because of every single day of work that they show up to, because they have learned and decided and um, resolved within themselves to be faithful with their career according to the picture that the Bible paints being faithful with your career looks like. So I'm going to paint that picture. So, but did you catch all that in the parable? One, we are called to be wise and diligent to steward what we are given. Two, we cannot wait for direct instructions from God for the day-to-day things he expects us to develop wisdom to handle. Because the master just said, here's my wealth. That's all we know. And then he left on the journey. But the servants didn't receive, as far as we know, any direct instruction manual. Hey, you know, I think that the smartest thing you could do is make sure that you try to multiply my wealth. Make sure that you don't just safeguard it like the servant with the least gold entrusted to him thought would be the best idea to just squander it in the ground and make sure nothing happened to it. Um, But they were, to their surprise, held accountable to be wise, self-initiating, to work without direct instructions, to do the smart strategic thing. So that's one of the big lessons here. We can't wait for direct instructions from God for day-to-day things that he actually expects us to develop wisdom to handle. This applies to if you um, have picked up a habit of saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to wait to see what God's will is for my career. I, I really don't know. And this is such a tough decision. I, I feel like there's so many options out there. It's so hard to make a decision and I don't want to mess anything up. And I, I just, I want to do what God wants me to do. So he's going to lead me there, right? No, no, we're not promised that. We have to exercise logic, diligence, wisdom, as I will demonstrate further. But a last point I wanted to make of what we can take from this passage of the parable of the talents is um, we're called to be prudent to understand what we're working with and what your options are for handling it well, and then making a wise decision with your career for example, and all other big components of your life. So, like I said, the servants in the parable of the talents didn't receive any direct instructions from their master. They were expected to know that they should have been diligent and smart to steward and grow their master's wealth while he was gone. And we are called to multiply the resources entrusted to you for God's glory. The model we were given in this parable is to have common sense with a, catch this, with a bent towards action. So honestly, please don't be lazy or anything that resembles laziness and blame it on God that you are not going anywhere and don't feel fear failure 
rather fear condemnation that you did nothing while waiting for an exact guidebook to be handled, handed to you. Because if you search the Bible for a career guide or a career manual, you're not going to find it in the way you might be looking for. I'll, I'll show you what we can derive from the Bible. That's what I'm going to continue to talk about. Um, because the precedent set is what I've already started to explain is that we have to be wise and shrewd and we're not called to just completely forsake making difficult decisions because that is in accordance with God's will to sharpen our character and to grow in wisdom. So for me, just as an example, I didn't have to wait to see if God wanted me to be faithful to understand my what gifts, talents, resources, and passions he entrusted me with to use for his service. Once I saw the facts and appreciated how he crafted me, which took work to do, it really did, and I read the Bible, which is the perfect picture of God's will, only then I started to actually feel God speaking to me, nudging me, putting the right people in my path at the right time. Because you see, God wants to grow, wants us to grow in spiritual maturity and wisdom through the practice of making decisions with sound judgment. When we are not meant to use prayer and, quote, waiting for a sign to exempt us from research and wise decision-making. For example, if you wanted to buy a car, you probably wouldn't limit the car buying process to praying for God to show you what car to buy, then walk up to the car lot and wait for a feeling or omen to come over you or to show you what car you felt led to buy. No! No! Like any logical person, you would understand your budget, your needs, your preferences, and research a decent range of options, evaluate them against your criteria, then to make an informed decision. Surely, prayer should absolutely be a part of this process. Absolutely. But God expects, expects us to do our part and to use our brains too. Learning how to make decisions is a part of developing wisdom and maturity, both of which God, without a doubt, in the Bible, declares that he desires for us to have and develop. Proverbs even says in chapter 1, verse 1, that the purpose of all the Proverbs is to, quote, teach people wisdom and discipline to help them to understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. Does this mean that God never works through circumstances or signs to lead you to make big career or life decisions? Definitely not. You could definitely pray for them to be granted to you. Always be in prayer. I, I hope that not for one second have you taken um, anything I've said as an encouragement to draw away from 
prayerful expectation that the Lord will provide. I'm only asking you to keep that up, deepen it, go harder at your prayers um, to God, always communing with Him. But please don't forget that we are called to do the diligent, wise thing and not shy away from making decisions using our logic and understand what God gave us to work with for his glory, which I'll go more into what that is later. So no, you could definitely pray for your request to be granted to you and for um, wisdom and um, for God to make it clear what decision you are to make. Um, Absolutely pray for that to be granted to you. But scripture just doesn't support negating the use of logic and sound judgment in difficult decisions in the hopes that an omen will come to make it all clear. For example, the spirit or sorry, the scripture gives many references in which the apostle Paul used logical thinking combined with prayer to determine his direction. I'll use Romans chapter 15, 18 through 24 as an example, especially Look out for verse 20, which I'll highlight um, for one such instance of Paul using logical thinking combined with prayer. So, Romans 15, starting in verse 18. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders, and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. Verse 20, here we go. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where A church has already been started by someone else. I have been following the plan spoken of in the scriptures, where it says, Those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I have been preaching in these places. So you see the precedent here is that Paul, he was consulting the scripture for what um, what God has stated as the desire for how he wants us to handle things. So he was reading the word. It, it's not necessarily that he's like, God, w- will you just, I, I want to be careful with this, but I think that this might be a helpful example. If you're like, Lord, will you, will you give me your will? Like, do you tell me what you want me to do? Do you want me to, uh, I'll use this example. Um, do you want me, let's pretend Paul is praying this. Do you want me to, um, preach to, um, where the gospel has never been heard or where people are already like pretty developed in their uh, ministry and they have a church in that area and it's taken care of. He, I, I kind of feel like, God might be like, oh, come on, man. Like, I put that in my word right there for you to read. 
like why do we constantly ask God to spoon feed us things that he wants us to be studying in the word of life, like the inspired word of God in the Bible, which we always should be diving into on a daily basis. Um, Because, uh, I mean, so the example is that Paul used logic here. Hey, this is the strategy that's best according to what the word already says. And, um, I'm going for it. So, but I, I want to say, does this mean, of course, like we shouldn't pray um, and be tactful to understand when we should wait on the Lord's answer? Absolutely not. No. We, as I've said, we should definitely pray and be tactful to understand when we should actually wait on the Lord's answer. But I want to, I want to give a picture of what it actually means or what we could be doing as we're waiting on the Lord's answer. And as you'll see, it it doesn't mean retreating into a dark room. It's just being like, oh, I mean, I, I, I'm just like waiting on the Lord, you know, I'm just dragging my feet in and out of my job every day. And I don't know what to do, but I'm waiting for him to come to me. I'm just kind of thinking about it. No, it, it's actually waiting on the Lord is a process that is still quite action oriented, as I'll show you. This is this is what it looks like to rely on the Lord in your career decisions. One, pray always, especially for wisdom and discernment, and for God to shut any doors he does not want you to go through, according to his knowledge that surpasses all of our understanding. Two, but also know you shouldn't just be seeking the Lord's will through prayer. Always do that, but not just that. It also is imperative that you seek it through his written word, the Bible, through daily study. Because you don't always have to wait to hear his will. You could read it. (laughs) And you are going to find a full are you going to find a full blown career manual in the bible no you aren't but you will get an understanding of what god truly wants for our lives and the ways he designed for us to seek wisdom which actually does paint quite a rich picture that is so helpful in guiding your path and helping you make these tough decisions so even though you're not going to get all that direct instruction of, you know, should I be an artist or an accountant? Um, I, the Bible actually does provide a, a rich and present help for you to discern these things um, according to this picture that it's always painting of the life, what it means to live a faithful life. Um, and I'm actually going to include a really helpful kind of checklist to get you going is if you're considering a certain um, change in your career, if you have a career decision on the chopping block, um, I created a checklist just to help you kind of get a, a start on understanding and doing a little gut check. Is this within the Lord's will according to what he has written or not? And also side note about being in the word. Like I've said, I I really, I can't recommend enough. Be in the word every day and work on reading the whole Bible. I think it's something like three or 4% of 
professing professing Christians actually have read the whole Bible, and I'm not among them. Um, I'm still working on it every single day um, because it, it's only honestly been within the last, uh, I'd say, year or so that I have really started to take the authority of Scripture seriously and realizing that I'm not above being deceived. I mean, cue my other solo episode that I last did about um repenting of the new age beliefs that I had um, knowingly slash unknowingly adopted. But I'm not above being deceived and I'm not above um, really slyly tricking myself into thinking that my judgment is better than what's written in the word or the word can't actually help me and isn't um, a lifeline that it actually is. Um, So anyways, um, let's all take the authority of scripture and what a gift it is, seriously, and be in the Word every day and work on reading the whole Bible and have this as your primary source of knowing God instead of just solely hearing it from another human's lens, even though being involved in a church is absolutely imperative um, and you are called to study the Word and be in community, but always have your basis studying the word, um, like the unadulterated, like a Bible um, in a good translation, and you could look up theories on that, um, so that you could really get get that time seeing the whole truth and not just hearing it interpreted from other people's lenses, which is good, but always have your own study too. Um, and so, okay, here's what we have so far for Um, what it looks like to rely on the Lord in your career decisions. One, pray always, especially for wisdom and discernment. Two, know that uh, it's we shouldn't just be seeking the Lord's prayer, uh, the Lord's will through prayer, but also through study of the Bible. Three, here's the next one: get counsel and discipleship from those who know you and are rooted in the Bible. So important. Uh, Proverbs talks about um, how important it is to have uh, as much counsel as you could get access to and as much counsel in your life of people who know you and are rooted in the word and you could trust um, that they have a, a godly perspective on things. Get their counsel and wrestle through these decisions with them. Hear their wisdom. Consider it. Collect it. Um, it it's always, always good and uh, really necessary, according to what the Bible says, to get counsel, especially like if you, um, uh, I think Bendu, my friend, whose episode is coming out next week, is such a good example. And she talks about a really pivotal moment where she sought out wisdom on a huge career decision um, from different kind of elders in her life. And it was it was transformational and it really did help her. And it was, she said, it's like one of the top five advice that she's ever received. And um, anyways, made a huge difference. So let's have elders, peers, um, people of all different backgrounds around us to help us through these decisions. Um, and then four, constantly research, learn about new topics, try them, 
and equip the equip yourself with new skills and experiences. Take steps to try out what you think might might be a good idea, and all the while pray for God. Like I said, to shut doors if they're not right for you to enter. Um, so let's always be uh, studious to research, gain knowledge, gain wisdom about uh, yourself. And I'm going to talk more about this, like who God made you to be and what he put on your heart to do and the options available to you, which there's so many in this day and age now that at this point in history, we don't live in an agrarian society. (laughs) I mean, I get why a lot of you experience, as I have, the overwhelm of options. So that's why all this is important. But let's always be researching and opening our mind, expanding what we know of the logical options out there. Like maybe the servant in the parable who had the least options, maybe he didn't really know what it was like to go um, put the investment in a bank and what that would do. I mean, he should have wised up, I don't know, get some Dave Ramsey and and see what you could, how you could steward finance as well. But the other two knew and they acted on um, strategies that allowed them to be faithful and good stewards of the wealth that was entrusted to them. So let's make sure that we're um, we're being wise and equipping ourselves with knowledge and strategies. So five, here's another point of what it looks like to rely on the Lord in career decisions. Be really serious and diligent about understanding who God made you to be. This includes, like, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you. This includes, among other things, but top four, I would say, and this is what has been so transformational for the people I've worked with, um, understand your true natural talents. That's what you're naturally quick to pick up, which, by the way, you can miss what your natural talents are. You actually... um, uh, there's a prerequisite that you have to kind of stumble upon and try out the task that reveals the natural aptitude. But what are you naturally brilliant at? Uh, and then your spiritual gifts. This isn't what you're born with, like the natural talents. This is what you are reborn with whenever you, as Acts 2 verses 36 through 39, it paints the picture of repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, That is whenever we receive the Holy Spirit, we are also promised every single one of us who receives the gift of the Holy Spirit um, to receive a spiritual gift. And I'm going to talk more about this in later episodes, um, but let's move on. Um, Natural talents, spiritual gifts, three, personality and most prominent qualities. This is very important. This, Your personality, um, one of the important things to consider that's included in that is what is your primary motivation in life? Um, there, I, I mean, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what I think about the Enneagram, if it's, I, I'm just going to be honest, if it's okay to use or not, because I've recently come to understand that it has a cultish origins. Um, So I'm sorry for not having fully developed thoughts on if this is okay or not, but the feedback I have gotten is it, it, and this is what I've experienced, is it's incredibly helpful for understanding what your primary motivation is. Like, is it to uh, bring 
and build and experience peace? Is it to achieve? Is it to um, be and develop things that are unique uh, and be individualistic like me? Um, or do you uh, like kind of harness yourself in safety and protect others? Or um, it's your motivation to lead and be bold and put things out there. Um, we need to understand what we are really hoping to get and what our primary driver is and motivator in the work that we want to do. Um, and then in terms of like most prominent qualities, which also ties into your personality, um, what are they? Like what is your most prominent quality? Paul is an incredible case study that I talk about in my class, The Call to Career, soon to come in e-course e format. I keep on talking about that, but I've launched a couple other projects in the meantime. That's pushing that back. But anyway, stay tuned. But for now, you probably know I'm running a promo on my one-on-one -on -one coaching packages. Go to my website, brand new, fresh, beautiful. I've heard that people love it. Got a lot of nice messages. Um, and kelseykemp.com, go to the one-on-one -on -one coaching page. It'll also be included in the show notes. You could learn about uh, what's involved in my intensive program, one-on-one -on -one coaching package, and my deep dive program. And we go into helping you understand who God made you to be according to a comprehensive set of things that the Lord really does want us to understand about ourselves that are absolutely imperative to know on a like some, at least somewhat of a deep level to make a very, very wise aligned career decision. And this is not just, hey, I could give you a couple questions to consider, um, like uh, draw out your understanding of what your natural talents are or your spiritual gifts. What the power of coaching is that I could take your answers to the initial questions and start to intuitively pick out where we need to go deeper. What questions do I need to ask to draw you into deeper understanding of these things to get to a point where you're deeply convicted that, yes, this is the thing. This is my natural talent. These uh, are my spiritual gifts. And this is um, the most prominent quality that I see that's really relevant to my career decisions and what I want to do. Um, but anyways, case study on how prominent qualities and personality plays into how it's relevant to your career is the Apostle Paul, uh, sorry, Peter, Peter. So he, um, one of his qualities is that he's in the beginning of the gospel. Do you see that uh, he is impulsive, like to a comical extent? like comically impulsive. He will just jump into water with his clothes on. He will just sign up for things he's not prepared for. He'll always be the first one to step up and he'll do some really stupid impulsive things. That is what I always say with your top qualities. It is two sides to one coin. So in immaturity, he was impulsive and that didn't always serve him well. But in maturity, what do you see? You see that he is such a strong leader that is able and willing to make bold, smart decisions to the, uh, for the group and lead them quickly and swiftly with wise, discerning 
action. He's very action oriented. And you see that he is like Jesus um, makes him this kind of like unofficial leader of the group and he gives him the keys to the kingdom. Um, And so anyways, you see how it is two sides, one coin. There's like this in immaturity, your most prominent quality looks like this. And in maturity, it could become your greatest asset that kind of reveals how an aspect of how you're meant to be operating best in your career. Um, And lastly, in terms of who God made you to be, let's consider your values. Um, That's another thing. Like what is it most, the top three things that are most important for you to honor in your career in order to make a solid decision about what is the most aligned career path? Like I said, I go so deep into all of these things with my one-on-one coaching clients. Literally every single time I hear without a doubt, even multiple times, wow, I've never thought of that before. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Oh wow. Yeah. I can't deny that. Oh, I like that is where confidence in, um, what career paths are very aligned for them, um, That's how confidence is in large part cultivated um, because things start to make logical sense and they don't feel like they're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and praying like, oh my gosh, Lord, I have no idea what to do. Thy will be done. Will you show me your will? And it's like, yes, always be praying that. Always. We need the Lord's wisdom and discernment. We cannot just rely on our own judgment. And I'm going to go more into that a little down the road. Um, But like, I said, we are called to be logical, discerning, and grow in wisdom. Um, And I think that it's so important to understand what you're working with and who the Lord created you to be. That's a huge factor in your career decision. So let's be diligent to discover that. Um, And then six on... All the points of what it means to rely on the Lord in your career decisions and make wise ones is you also need to explore and discern what God put on your heart to do with your life. This ranges from interests, passions, fascinations, obsessions, things that break your heart, things that you are no longer willing to stand in the world. It's different for everyone. Like the series of questions that I tend to ask people I work with, uh, I ask them in a wide variety of ways to draw out what really sets off a, like it flips a switch in someone's mind because we're all made differently and to think in different ways. And so some people, some of you might really relate to, oh my gosh, that's so right. Whenever you ask me what I'm absolutely fascinated with. I thought of that thing that just consumes all my thoughts and I really want to be a part of. Or whenever you ask me, like, what breaks your heart or what are you no longer willing to stand in the world? I realized, yeah, I mean, there's some really cool, fun things that I want to be a part of. Um, But you know what? I think I'm called to just relieve suffering in this really specific way. Um, There's just a wide variety of things that the Lord puts on your heart to be maybe an ambassador of creating beauty in the world all the way to relieving really horrific suffering and dealing with like the world's ugliest stuff. It's so different for everyone. So that's something to consider. Um, And seven, seriously open your mind and give yourself 
the permission, <laughs> I guess, to research a broad variety of professions. That could be an avenue to most effectively use your talents, honor your passions, and serve and witness to others with your spiritual gifts. So, the little inherent side point in here is give yourself permission. That is a huge part of all of this journey of to research things that you might have not considered or allowed yourself to consider honestly before. Like, oh no, I could, I could never, I could never be a designer. I went to school for like um, accounting. Why? Why would I be a web designer? Even though I love to design things, and I'm so good at naturally picking out beautiful patterns and colors and typography and all this stuff, I could never do that. Um, that's the stuff that people are often very hesitant to let themselves consider, or especially say out loud, even to their best friend, of what they would really like to do. So, go beyond the box. Give yourself permission to research outside of professions that directly relate to what you're already in and don't like. So for a lot of people, I mean, if you're like in accounting, you're like, I I think that it would be a stretch, but I think I could still consider like a, a project management position, which first off, anyone can get a project management job because it's all like, we're all project managers to some extent or another, not all, many people. Um, but Allow yourself to consider the possibility that you are not limited for the rest of of your career based on the career path you started in. You don't have to make the world's most linear resume resume building decisions for the rest of your life. You can indeed make a bold leap, survive, and then thank yourself and God for it and be so thankful. I am an example of that. Um, Like I completely switched industries and never regretted it a day in my life. (laughs) So um, let's move on. Uh, Point eight, if you're tracking, um, talk to people operating in those professions, the broad variety that you have researched. And then ask them what lights them up and what's tough about it. Are the pros, whenever you hear out their answer, um, are the pros something that you're eager to experience and something that would overshadow the cons, honestly, that they talked about? And here's such an important point, this next one. Realize that you should be shooting to enjoy the daily tasks of the job more than anything. Not just the environment or the idea of where you could go from there in your career. I highly encourage you to consider, would I be effective and joyful? Or what task, what job would allow me to do daily tasks that I am most effective at because of my natural talents and skills, um, and therefore would allow me to be effective, efficient, excel, and experience the joy of being really effective at your job. Not, I mean, like we're, all, I mean, all competent here. You can do a lot of things, but what are you first like suited 
to do, best suited to do? And then way more than that, what are you meant to do is the whole question that I'm aiming to assist and support people in answering. What is their calling? Not just something that they can do or would like to do. Always seek the Lord in the, in these decisions, even though in this episode, I'm, I really am putting a strong emphasis on being self-initiating in a lot of things, but in no way am I encouraging you in a lack of faithfulness and a lack of asking the Lord for wisdom and a lack of the Lord guiding your steps. I'm just pointing out to you that God actually does have quite a biblical precedent for there's some steps we are meant to buck up and take on our own for sure. So next, um, start a side hustle. Just like do it. Shadow someone. Sign up for a training program. Um, But whatever you do, I would always recommend avoiding going back to school, side note, as much as possible because um, I always recommend consider first uh, investing in e-courses and live trainings and not tens of thousands of dollars for a rigid education that potentially is behind the curve because many university curricula are behind the rate of development in specific industries. So find out what skills are absolutely vital for someone who is doing well in the field you're considering, and then train yourself in those. A lot of the things you could actually do quite well, save yourself years, money, and years of potential income wasted as you're in school, training yourself to have those and get experience and like build a little portfolio of things yourself. So university is not required. I say that all the time. People are shocked, but then thankful. They're like, oh yeah, I can teach myself these things. Um, Or just like, I'm making a point here to empower y'all to take action. Just apply maybe for the dang jobs. Start your own business. I knew what I wanted to do and I just went for it and I got a part-time job until my business was on its feet and I have zero regrets for doing this. So my last point is just like all those options, just start trialing things. Trial them. Like start getting real feedback. Do I like this? I'm trying it in the real world. Am I good at it? Is it going well? Um, The key point in all of these things is through the like 50 points I just made, I would strongly argue that that is what it means to rely on the Lord in your career decisions. And it's not just praying and reading the Bible. It's like collecting wisdom, getting counsel from others, doing your research, discovering who God made you to be, and what he put on your heart to do. And all the while, that, like, you're you're testing things out. You're asking the Lord, okay, like, do you, do you want me to just try out this training program to see if the career I'm thinking of is a good fit? Um, I I would encourage you to see the key point in everything I am saying is that discernment comes through forms of action, not through absolving yourself a responsibility to think and act in faith by just waiting on the Lord to come knocking on your front door with the perfect career. So I really hope that this has been helpful and encouraging to you so far. I have 
two more points to make. So one, I want to go through a couple scriptures that people often point to um, to support their kind of hands-off praying and not doing anything to discover themselves what they should be doing. Um, And and so I want to go to some scriptures that people often use to kind of support that hands-off attitude. Um, And then I would also like to go through a checklist that I created to help you compare the career choice you're considering to see if it's within God's will according to the Bible, not just... um, praying and asking God to reveal his will, which he is so faithful to help us with all these things. But like I said in the beginning, he also, he gave us the word of God through the Bible to consult as well. And a lot of you might find that pretty overwhelming as I have before. So I actually uh, worked hard to create um, somewhat of a, a kind of checklist to go through and consider, well, um, it's, it's this career decision I'm thinking of. Is it aligned with God's will? Is it unfaithful to do this? And so anyways, I'll go through those two things. Um, so first, here's a couple of verses that I, I, like I said, wanted to share to encourage you to actually use your judgment instead of forfeiting it in the name of waiting on the Lord. So Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verses five and six. We all know it. Let's say it together. (laughs) Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him or some uh, translations submit to him um, and he will make your paths straight. This is often mistaken as letting go of your ability to make your own decisions And this is just false. It's actually speaking about our own sinful worldly judgment and desires um, that we need to be very wary of not relying on. But we can go to the Bible and see what is good and sound judgment and base our decisions off of that. So it's not saying have no judgment or understanding or seek to have understanding of things, but have good and sound judgment judgment according to the word of God, not just stuff that we make up. And I'm mentioning this also because I think a lot of people are waiting for God to tell them what to do in an audible voice whenever he is actually made clear in the scriptures um, what we need to do to make sure our life choices align with the scriptures. (laughs) Um, So anyways, and here are some more verses to prove that God isn't telling you to have zero personal judgment, just to have sound and good judgment of what to do. Like literally next verse, Proverbs 3, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. So shun evil judgment. And uh, don't be wise according to your own judgment, but the Lord, fear the Lord in his judgment of what is good. And then Proverbs, well, later in that chapter, verses 21 through 23, my son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament around your neck. Then you will go on your way safely and your foot will not some stumble <laughs> like my word just stumbled over the word stumble that was funny um but don't let wisdom and understanding out of your sight preserve sound judgment and discretion as it says 
And Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15 says, good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their, leads to their discretion. Just uh, help. I've been talking too long and y'all know it. So uh, good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their dis- destruction. So is God going to tell you in an audible voice whether you should be an artist or an accountant? Honestly, probably not. But he does expect you to use your logical sound judgment in accordance with the life he wants every believer to live as presented in the Bible. So use your brains and your and pair that with action and with prayer and discernment amongst a community that knows you and lives in accordance with the Bible. And don't just talk about the changes you want to make. Work hard to make them. Because Proverbs 14.23 says, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. And let me just wrap this up by saying, the uh, as promised, here is the checklist to go through and compare the career choice you are considering with God's will as presented in the Bible. Side note, please don't just rely on this be in the word, exploring all of it, as I'm sure this isn't comprehensive, but uh, just some beginning points that I think will be extremely helpful. So one, ask yourself, will this career, this new career path and related life change encourage me in deepening my relationship with Christ? Knowing and following Jesus, as you know, is always our first priority, always. Or will this career new career path I'm considering, encourage me to love and depend on myself and the world uh, than I do on Jesus or than I would on Jesus. Because remember, Christ calls us to, quote, seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, Matthew 6, verse 33. Not to seek what we could do for the kingdom of God before actually seeking the kingdom, (laughs) although that is a righteous pursuit. Once again, my friend Bendu, who's going to be on next week's episode, one thing she has continued to say that has just really been so impactful to me is that God cares more about our sanctification than even our righteous dreams to do something for him. Um, Just let that sink in and say it a few times in your mind and it'll eventually blow it to shreds. So wise. (laughs) Uh, So again, Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? So would this new career path and related life changes associated with it um, encourage you to just live for yourself? and on your judgment, or would it encourage you in your relationship with Christ? And two, will this career path help me make more disciples, whether this be through having more time, energy, resources, or resources at your disposal to get connected with people and share the gospel and bolster them in their faith and study the Bible with them, etc.? Three, Will this career path help me be a better steward of the things God has entrusted me with 
to use for his glory. This is the resources, time, opportunities, talents, personality, strengths, spiritual gifts, spheres of influence, etc. that I was speaking of that the Lord entrusted you with to maximize for his glory. So would it help you be honestly a better steward of those things? And four, is this career path in any direct contradiction to moral teachings in the Bible? Does it directly interact with or tempt you to participate in, let's say, unethical or unjust behavior, sexual immorality? And, you know, I'm not saying, obviously, you could be like, well, no, Kelsey, I'm not considering being a porn star. Like, why were you, why would you say that? Of course. But I think an example here I thought of Francine Rivers, who many of you many of you might know. She's a famous Christian author now. But before she actually made a really good career for herself writing steamy 19th century novels, um, which uh, she actually considered really encouraged sexual immorality and kind of impure thinking, um, but has now taken all of those out of print amazing, and written many, many Christian novels. I've actually read all of them. I think that they're quite uh, encouraging and entertaining. Uh, and then three, like, it, here's a big one for this day and age, really, because a lot of people, including me, were, I was fascinated in all of this, and I didn't see any harm in it until recently, but that's because I, I just didn't, I was ignoring the biblical truth of that the this stuff is wrong. Um, so it, would your career directly interact or tempt you to participate in forms of divination, metaphysical healing, energy work, being a teacher of materials that have occultish roots? Cue, I'm still thinking about the ethics of the Enneagram. I might have to come back to you on that, but I'm still researching and trying to discern. Um, so I absolutely encourage you to get clear on the origins of new thought, new revelation, or spiritual practices. So you that are like really so prevalent in these days, and be very careful to equip yourself with discernment if you are tempted to get into Eastern or kind of quote spiritual practices um, because that's a slippery slope that I'm going to just be totally honest has very sneakily infiltrated common Christian culture like 61% there was this poll done 61% of Christians actively believe one of the four tenets of new age thought like reincarnation universalism that there isn't just one way I guess Jesus was lying that he is not just the the only the one uh truth way in the life um and things like that so it's kind of <laughs> watch out guys do your research I would highly recommend looking into uh, just go on YouTube search Doreen Virtue or Stephen Bancars, or Melissa Dougherty. Um, those are all really amazing people that have come out of the New Age and have accepted Christ and now uh, have a really wonderful online ministry encouraging people to see the truth, um, see these things for what they are, and turn back to um, being faithful to obey the Word and only have Christ at the center of our lives. So anyways, uh, I wanted to share Deuteronomy 18, 
9 through 13 if you're like, Kelsey, like energy work and metaphysical healing is totally fine. I love Reiki and all this stuff. And I'm probably going to get so much shade for this because I don't have time to go into all of the reasons why. I will leave that up to you to actually discern and research the truth. Um, But Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 13 says, when you enter the land, your Lord God, the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. No one be let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, which I'm sure you guys aren't doing, but watch out for this next bit. Who practices divination or sorcery? Look up what that means if you're confused. Interprets omens, psychics, the like. Engages in witchcraft. I would highly look. Uh, I highly encourage you to look up the definition of witchcraft. It might open your eyes a little bit. Cast spells or who is a medium or spiritist who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord because of these same detestable practices. The Lord your God will drive out these nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. So that's just a little tidbit for you. Maybe more than a tidbit, but let's go on. Um, So another thing to consider in this checklist uh, in terms of like, does your potential career path uh, contradict moral teaching in the Bible? um, Does it encourage you or participate in laziness, gluttony, greed? This is kind of following the Uh, If you're like, no, how would it? Let's consider the model that is so marketed these days and just trying to wrap its tentacles around everyone, including me for a time. Um, It's like this little work for multiple six-figure income schemes, like the dream that get rich quick for no effort, basically. Watch out because, (laughs) oh gosh, I, people might hate me for this, but Watch out for some network marketing schemes that encourages you to um, recruit people that by large will lose out unless they recruit others, which is actually a deceitful pyramid scheme, which is dishonest and suppressing people. Um, you do not want to participate in things that are dishonest or harmful to other people. You have to have um, integrity and not, uh, make sure that you're not following greed, um, like in any kind of get rich quick scheme, or you're just going to make money by recruiting other people in on this. And, you know, somebody's going to lose, but that's their fault. (laughs) Oh, be careful for that. Also, I would really encourage you to listen to this podcast called The Dream. One of the most entertaining, crazy podcasts I've listened to. It exposes, Oh my gosh, I, I'm sorry if this offends people, but just look into the podcast. It's about um, network marketing and how many of the companies that are uh, multi-level marketing companies actually are suppressing quite a lot of people. Um, so I would encourage you to look into that. And a verse to back this up is Proverbs 13, verse 11. Dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. It's simple, guys. Just like work hard and be honest in your work. 
Um, I, w- I would encourage you to be very wary of get-rich-quick schemes. I have um, been tempted by many of them um, and have just it, had it all confirmed that, you know, <laughs> these proverbs are absolutely correct in sound judgment and what I was using was not sound judgment. So uh, five next on the checklist, is this career path you're considering only going to please you? Or do you have a God-given mission and a genuine desire to serve him in it? Do you see a strong connection to how your work contributes to the kingdom of God that you really believe in? Like a mission you, you're like, you have gusto for. You truly do see the connection uh, that your work has to serving the kingdom and you uh, know that you are called to it. If you're thinking, no, or I really don't know how to find my mission for God, um, only the one I know that I, I like or I think is attractive to me, honestly, I, I would encourage you to reach out. Uh, we can have a talk about this. Um, I do Christ-centered career coaching. So many C's in my titles. Oh my gosh. I'm really glad that I don't have a double C name. With a double K name, it's already a little much. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I do Christ-centered career coaching. That And we always put God at the forefront while we firmly grasp who you were made to be and what you were made to do with that and what line of work you should select as a result and the mission that God placed on your heart that ties all of that together no matter how your job title changes over the years. Um, And lastly, on this checklist, are you trying to build your own legacy that will make you feel significant? apart from Christ? Or will it encourage your pride to see yourself as some special force for God? My friend, we are bond servants to Christ. As John said in his gospel, he slash we are not worthy to even loose his sandal. Jesus does, or God does not need us. We need him. And when we grasp that, Repent and follow Jesus in the awe that fills your soul and at the realization of what you were saved from should really encourage you to humbly encourage others into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is honestly what cured me of my egomaniacal, crazy passion to have a legacy in which I am great, I am famous. Um, Of course, I think I still struggle with that, but it's just like not such a present fight on my mind anymore. I truly see that there is no worthy pursuit other than one that builds up Jesus's legacy, that more people know him, love him, follow him, repent, and inherit the kingdom of God and a spot in heaven. Um, so yes, you might end up doing some really cool things on this earth, um, whenever you follow Jesus's call, um, to faith and then follow his call to be faithful with your career specifically. Um, because even in the parable of the talents, the master says to the two that he rewards, he says, the two servants that he rewards, he says, um, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, now come and share in your master's happiness. That is how good God is, that whenever we submit to him and realize that it is 
his resources. Everything that I have, everything that I am belongs to the master. It is not my wealth to have um, or multiply for my own gain. They were purposefully, they were servants in the parable that were stewarding their master's wealth. And it is the same for me. I'm stewarding my master's talents and my master's uh, gifts, that uh, spiritual gifts that he has given me, um, and my master's resources, like physical, monetary, opportunities, spheres of influence, like everything belongs to him. And I'm just stewarding it for him for the day that I will see Jesus in heaven and I will cast my crowns before him. And I hope to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, and Jesus, and God, just because he is so good, doesn't say, okay, thanks for the dividends, whatever. He says, come and share in your master's happiness. So yes, I'm sure that you will receive incredible gifts and opportunities and joy from following Jesus's call for your career specifically. Um, but just remember that we aren't meant to be building our own name. We are meant to be building the name, building up the name of Jesus and making him known. So, <laughs> all right, my friends, that is all for now. I know that was quite the lengthy episode, but um, just filled with so many things that I know is so impactful and that we need to hear. And I wish I had before, um, just realizing that I didn't really think I was hearing stuff like this um, or how I should be handling my career in a godly way. And so I sought to collect that research and wisdom for myself from the right sources, from the Bible, and then also using logic, strategy, and wisdom, as I reminded you that we are all charged to do, to create a way to firmly educate people on these absolutely vital things and then help them in it so that they can receive the guidance they need and the help and partnership they need to boldly respond to God's call over their career and live a life like worthy of hearing well done, good and faithful servant. So, I'll just say it would mean the world to me if you let me know how you thought or what you thought about this episode and how it impacted you by going over to Instagram. My handle is Kelsey underscore the called career. And I would love to hear from you. Just take a screenshot and let your friends know on Instagram stories that you're listening to answer the call. And or like send me a message. That would be super fun. Uh, that really does have such a big impact. And thank you so much for sharing this with your friends. Um, and also don't think for a second I have forgotten about the launch of my mini ebook I mentioned a while back, The First Five Steps to Find Your Calling, which will be released as I promised as soon as we have hit 10 written reviews on Apple Podcasts. I think that at this moment we're halfway there. Um, but there hasn't been much action over there lately, so go do it right now. And if you leave your Instagram handle, I will personally thank you. Last thing, right now, go to the link in the show notes of this podcast and apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching. 
I honestly really don't want you to regret missing out on this insane promo that is going on. Um, you've heard it. If you're not sleeping, get on Instagram and hear the news that right now, both of my coaching packages, both the intensive and the deep dive are 40% off right now. Literally will never be this uh, low of an investment ever again. So I don't want you to regret this. Just go ahead, explore that sneaking suspicion (laughs) that this would be a life-changing set for you and schedule a free call with me to earnestly discern what is best for you and your goals while getting the 40% off promo while it still applies before this Friday, August 30th at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you're listening to this after the fact, after that date, do not sweat it. Career coaching with me is honestly worth the full price. I'm not trying to be obnoxious here, just honest. Um, But it's worth the full price, the discounted price, three times the price, which I could say with absolute crystal clear confidence that there has been, because there has been a 100% satisfaction rate and absolute elation that my clients have experienced with the results with the results they've gotten. So trust me, if I were on this podcast a year ago, I would probably say something like, um, if you want, you could apply for coaching with me. I mean, I mean, if it's just if you want, like, I think, I think you'd like it. Um, but now, now I have zero doubt and say this with all absolute confidence and integrity because I know it will serve you. So sign up, go to the link. I know that you've probably gone onto the application page and been like, oh, should I, should I? Yes. Don't don't worry. I know it's kind of scary just considering the possibility. And for some reason, people are really freaked out getting on a call. 100% fun, 100% respect of your decision, which just to discern what is earnestly right for you. Um, so um, yeah, I know it could be scary. So I know the vast majority of you need me to actually invite you to coaching with me about 15 times before you actually book and no pressure, fun, free consultation with me. So LOL, stop that. Click the link and do it already. All right. I am so done. I'm not trying to be annoying. Honestly, just trying to help. Um, so I'll see you next week on Answer the Call with Kelsey Kim. That's me. Woo!